Gia Howitch and g'day friends. What an exciting time to be alive. This moment, this moment, let's stop referring to it as dark times and instead see that the light is breaking in. So let's let our light shine. Today, shining on this episode, we have Fluent, the Noongar MC himself. Uh, we recorded um, him playing this track at the Black Lives Matter protests here in what we now refer to as Perth, where we had 17 to 20,000 people out at this moment. So as you hear it, this is a studio recording because the sound quality is that much better. But imagine singing it along with 17 to 20,000 people, uh, the language that's been spoken on this land for at least 60,000 years that's coming up in just a bit. And to follow that, Pastor Mike himself. Um, Pastor Michael McBride is an internationally respected faith leader who was active in the Ferguson uprising, many subsequent uprisings, including this current global Black Lives Matter movement. Pastor Mike, as he's affectionately known to so many of us, including his own streets where he's grown up, helps bridge and train and support millennials and religious institutions in this critical work of racial justice and black liberation. You've probably seen him in the New York Times, the Washington Post, MSNBC, CNN, Huffington Post, so many other outlets bringing his prophetic voice to bear on this current moment. Um, His work in terms of... uh, Gun violence prevention has been incredible. He's spearheaded campaigns that have uh, seen a 30 to 50% reduction in gun-related homicides in places like Oakland, um, uh, Cayman, uh, Baton Rouge, LA, and many other places. But he's also a pastor doing the work of loving people well, uh, feeding souls so that their bodies are involved in the work of what God is up to in this moment. He's the founder and lead pastor of the Way Church in Berkeley, California. Uh, we're so excited to have him on. As you'll hear, like he's phenomenal, but right now, He's fluent. Find him on Spotify or any other social media that you can follow his stuff. His career is taking off. So pleased to be lifting up Indigenous hip-hop artists on the place that we know as Wajuk Nunga Buja. Enjoy this episode. Increase the peace. Let your light shine. Go back, Nunga people, to the values of before. Gain strength from your culture, the spiritual dreaming war. Seek shelter from the vulture of colonial oppressors' law for the presence of Yagan's spirit as Nyungas unite once more. We listen to the stories as the elders again explain How your culture flourished before the Europeans came Find why it's important, your strength must never wane Noongas need the spiritual, our dry land needs rain Seek contemporary, traditional, come together on stage Guitars weeping, drummers thumping in anguish rage Her fear, frustration, escape the poet's cage While haunting digits echo deep from a forgotten age Deserve the women dancing and weaving to sing a song History's mysteries from whence your soul belongs Forget urban landscapes, go back to where you were strong Search for hidden answers from which your Spirit longs Hear rhythmic black performance Cause vast crowds to sway Soulful mesmic lyrics Put broken hearts on display But words of hope and freedom Offer the brand new day As daylight kisses Darkness children Life dancing play Kaya A means to survive Kaya Kayana For which Noonga I strive Kaya Kayana Our culture on display Kaya Kayana Celebrating indigenous way Kaya Kayana A means to survive Kaya Kayana For which Noonga I strive Kaya Kayana Our culture on display Kaya, kaya, Celebrating indigenous way. Yo, yo, 
yo, yo, we been through the worst till we soldier on. Still the coach is strong, peace to my brother, still holding on, hold it on. Stay staunch when you're told you're wrong. Pretty mad if you roll along. We need more love for all of the brothers up in the forefront, showing us how we should ball up. It's all love if you want more, cause you see the peeps. We speak in peace, but we need relief. Believe in me, I seen the streets, but I know there's a better way for my brothers now. Keeping family born strong and my cousins round Cause I'm proud that you a family man You done a lot more than your family can And that's the kind of stuff that will warm my heart Knowing I show a strength for unity when we're torn apart All we need to really do is form a start Knowledge is where they'll fall apart I saw the spark ah. Kaya Kayana means to survive Kaya Kayana For which Nunga I strive Kaya Kayana Our culture on display Kaya Kayana Celebrating indigenous way a means to survive For which Noonga I strive Our culture on display Celebrating indigenous way the Noongs down south straight holding it down Making a man proud when he kicking with crowd To the Yamajis up north, yeah my brothers of course Keeping the culture strong and collect from the source To the Wongas out mid straight living up off the grid I ain't been there in a minute but I'll visit with kids And to the Kuris out east, my brothers you straight beast It's time for us to speak, so come and sing it with me, hey Kaya Kayana means to survive Kaya Kayana For which Noonga I strive Kaya Kayana Culture on display Celebrating indigenous way Kaya Kayana Means to survive Kaya Kayana Which Noonga I strive Kaya Kayana Culture on display Kaya Kayana Celebrating indigenous way May our campfires burn forever You're listening to the Inverse Podcast where we explore how the scriptures can turn our world upside down or how it can be weaponized to uphold the status quo I'm Drew Hart. And I'm Jared McKenna, and this is Inverse. Welcome to Inverse. Uh, We just want to welcome Michael McBride. Uh, We're so happy to have him here with us. Um, Michael, welcome. Man, great to be with y'all fellas. And, uh, you know, it's it's, it's an amazing time to be alive and to be in fellowship. So thanks for the invitation. We can't just, we find it hard to believe we got you at a time when you're not on the streets. So I, I want to appreciate that, like seeing what you've been up to recently to actually get a little bit of time. So we hope this ministers to you and provides a little bit of rest and healing to you as well, just to take this time. We're so thankful for uh, your work and your witness and um, how tireless you've been for such a long time. But this seems to be a moment and we're so glad you're positioned at a moment like this because we need a movement. So we're thankful for you. Hey, well, you know, gratitude goes both ways. Appreciate it. So um, we always ask our guests to pick a text um, that they believe uh, has the potential to turn this world upside down. Um, do you have mm. that text, and can you read that for us? Yeah, I, I immediately go to Joel chapter number 2, verse 28 through 30. Woo. The scripture says that in the last days, God mm. says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Somebody say all flesh, right? All flesh. Your son, your son <laughs> and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even on my handmaiden and my servant will I pour out my spirit. And then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I mean, to me, that, that passage is my, that is my lens through which I do ministry and through mm-hmm. how I try to understand 
of what God is doing in the world, and 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 that's that's it. I mean, I I could stay on this text for a little while. I don't want to I don't want right. to hijack y'all thing, but you know, it, it get good to me real quick. All right. Well, we're looking forward to uh, you uh, walking us through this text. But before we do that, uh, we just want to get to know some of your own story. So, can you tell us? When do you first remember encountering um, the Jewish and Christian scriptures? Well, um, you know, I'm a fourth generation holiness Pentecostal, uh, which means that we, we do speak in tongues, we roll on the floor, we swing from the chandelier, and on a good Sunday, we levitate. You know? And then I went, <laughs> when, when we're not doing those four things, we are literally memorizing scripture. Right. Uh, you know, right. we, we are a textual people. We, we, yeah. uh, you know, I was raised that, uh, you know, to ha- really read the scripture from a literal point of view. We we have the yeah. King James Version, and right. I had to right. literally memorize the King James Version to the point where, you know, I was kind of led to believe that if I didn't, like, quote the scripture uh, with even the right V's and thou's and those, That's right. when That's the right. devil came against me, the devil wouldn't even move because I left out a thou, you know? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> so, so, no, you know, the scripture is something that, you know, has been placed in my heart as early as I can remember it. Um, and I used to win competitions all the time for literally memorizing scripture. So it's, it's really a part of my DNA. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, for that, I'm grateful because I have to pull on that, that inspiration a lot these days wow and there's just some things in the king james which just has a power that other trend like depart from me you workers of iniquity i never knew yes, sir. has a certain resonance <laughs> to it that you evil doers just can't hold right right and the other word i use is wicked like i wicked. i use wicked to describe trump all the time because i That's just don't right. have no other words so the, the king james version comes in great in this trumpian uh nightmare that we're enduring for sure that's right that's right man that's incredible now um for anybody who knows your work and i don't know if you remember this uh, michael but the first time i met you i was so nervous and it was cornell west who introduced me to you and (laughs) um i I was so nervous because i I respect you so much like uh, i'm such a huge fan so hugely inspired um uh, by what you do and it's clear to anybody who knows your work and witness that um, liberation is kind of the fuel that um, lights the the fire that your ministry burns with. Um, But your initial experiences of the scriptures, was it something that was always liberative? Like was liberation always at the center? Um, Did you ever experience it as oppressive? Um, Was it a little bit of both? How would you describe your relationship with the Bible as somebody who often says, the Bible says, um, uh, was that always finished with a dot, 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 something that was liberation, uh, or was it sometimes something that was also oppressive? Well, you know, again, growing up in the tradition I grew up in, um, you know, the text was, was inerrant. You know, I didn't have these words back then, but, you know, sure. you just didn't question it. If, if it said it, you believe it, and it was life to you if you obeyed it. If you didn't, the wages of sin is death, yeah. right? And so, you know, I, I don't know if that's liberation or, or or bondage, but, you know, growing up in the crack cocaine epidemic yeah. era in the hood, um, being a part of a holiness church, Pentecostal church, having, you know, quite a legalistic type framework to like, you know, the binaries of good and evil mm-hmm. and right and wrong, 
um, I think it saved my life. I think it saved my brothers mm-hmm. and his life. It's yeah. not like we didn't never sin or we didn't get caught up, but I think, you know, um, the structure that was needed for us to navigate a very terrible time. Literally, I was telling another person earlier today, you know, that a lot of my friends are dead, you know, like dead or in jail, you know, male friends, at least I have a few, a few female friends that I'm still in a relationship with, uh, Crystal, Ayana, a few folks, but so, you know, I, I just, I just know that, that, you know, legalism, bondage, liberatory, I don't know if those categories really fit for me growing up. You know, I I just know that, um, you know, at this moment in my life and, you know, maybe 10 years ago when I really began to lean into this kind of, you know, uh, way of following Jesus, um, it became clear to me that that there's much more to our Christian experience um, than trying to wait to get to heaven. you know, you know, just living and participating in the world as it is till you die and then you wake up in the bosom of the Lord. You know, there's a lot <laughs> that you're supposed to do in between That's your right. birth and your death if That's you're going right. to follow Jesus faithfully. And I think the more I walk with Jesus and the more I wrestle with the text and the tradition um, that helps produce the interpretive framework of the text, the more I begin to see that liberation is through and through um, what it's about, the salvation of the soul and the body. And uh, that's the best of our tradition. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. You mentioned, um, uh, it, did you grow up in Cali? Yeah, yeah I grew up in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you're both, um, uh, your brother Ben as well, who at some stage, Drew and I were saying, um, uh, as, as you went to get something, look, um, it's a pity that Ben's not on at the same time, but the other advantage is we get another McBride episode, right? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and at, at this point, he's way more radical than me, you know, unless you push me. Like, I got to, you got to push me hard to get caught up. My brother, you know, my brother Ben right now is on fire because I, I think all of us are just at a place now where we're tired of all this this wickedness yeah. on display. So yeah, you gonna y'all gonna have a time with Ben, you know, believe me, he gonna, he gonna, the first word is gonna be fire. It ain't gonna be nothing else but that. I, 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 I warm up to it, you know. <laughs> Your mom must be very proud that both, both the boys uh, are serving the church, um, uh, serving those who are hurting in society with their backs against the wall, um, must be very proud. Well, yeah, you know, there's six of us all together, actually. Wow. Um, oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, yeah, there's six of us, and we're all in ministry. We call it the family business. My great-grandfather wow. was a bishop in North Carolina. Um, my my uh, uncle's a bishop. Uh, my dad was a head deacon. So my older brother, TJ, he's in Atlanta. He's passing a wonderful ministry there, you know, two or three churches, you know, that whole satellite structure. Uh-huh. And I pastor my brother Ben, of course. My other brother, David, he's still hanging on to the evangelical church. I don't know why, but he's pastoring one of those churches in Virginia. Right. And then my sisters, they're doing a couple of uh, uh, ministry churches, one in Tennessee and another here. So, yeah, all of us are in church, you know, uh, serving God's people. And, yeah, it's part of, I think, the crown jewel of my parents for sure. Wow. Good. Chris- Christmas lunches must be something special with that mix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh we try to take when we all get together we try to leave our church hats off and just try to be just be family. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah. Well, um so you talked about um your experience in the Holiness Church growing up. You talked about 
the lens in which you kind of read scripture now that it's liberative all the way through the deck the point right um so i'm curious as you think about your own story your own experience what from that uh, what lens out of your own experience for reading scripture might you give to others? What, what might you want to share as other people are engaging these sacred texts? Um, what from your experience might be a gift to other people? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly am one of these people that believe the text comes to us not as a fixed document, but a living, breathing document. Yeah, come it's on. a document. Right. It's a story, right? A story yeah. of it's not even a story of millennia. It's a story. It's an eternal story. It's it's mm. God's activity with creation. Um, yeah. And if God is eternal, then God's activity with us is eternal. And so um, the biblical text for me is a text that makes a unique revelation of God's activity in the world to a certain people uh, that extends to us. So we can always have a, a starting point and prayerfully an ending point, you know, whenever the consummation of all things happens. And so I'm a very theological person when it comes mm. to the text. You know, I, yeah. I love church history. I love to see the many ways that God shows up across the world at different times through the unique revelation of Jesus Christ as revealed uh, through first, uh, you know, um, the children of, of the Hebrew text, Israel, mm. and, and then the apostles and and the early church and the patristics and, you know, on and on and on, you know, I feel like, you know, we're an extension of that. And mm -hmm. just like the patristics had to take these texts and scriptures and use a certain kind of hermeneutical and exegetical, you know, framework to make God known and plain to the people of their day, we're doing the same thing. Um, and, and to um, uncouple ourselves from that tradition to try to go headlong into some new expression of modernity that is indeed grounded in a, in a form of human hierarchy that is anathema um, right. to the text, right. uh, mm -hmm. then I find, I find that it's all the more important to, to be a historical follower of Jesus in a kind of theological yeah. sense, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it can become a, a plumb line for us to, to be reminded that, you know, the earliest of the church were African people. Mm -hmm. um, the earliest revelation of the, of the, Christian texts were to African people, the writers, the mm. authorities were to African people. And so by the time the Europeans got involved, you know, the thing was set, or at least it was in motion. Mm -hmm. And so what does it mean to to not allow Europeans then to have a, a unnecessary influence on how we imagine faithfulness in this moment? Mm. Right. Um, right. Because right. that would be that would be that would be a new revelation, right? Mm -hmm. that, that that wouldn't be a faithful one, as, as I see it, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. you know, I'm I'm a little a bit of an outlier. I've been told. No, no, you speak into the choir <laughs> right now. That's right. <laughs> I mean, there's no question. I mean, and I I was just literally on a Facebook live conversation with some local Harrisburg pastors, and precisely talking about that very thing, right? Just the ways in which um, Christianity and Scripture itself has been co-opted, literally, yeah. and mm. so people. Um, even in, in African-American churches believe and perceive that somehow this thing is owned by, you know, the Western Christian tradition, when yeah. in fact they were latecomers to the tradition, right? That's right. It's what was going Absolutely. on. So, so they That's can't right. be um, referees over how to read these texts and how to interpret these texts no at all. Fair. Yeah. yeah. No Drew, I, I'm not no sure fair. if you saw or, or you, Michael, but um, Miroslav Volf, 
asked for a good one pager, um, uh, a Christian response to racism. And uh, I tweeted back at him um, uh, the first chapter of Matthew's Gospel, Our Lord's Family Tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good look. In real talk. I, 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 did, I didn't get a, a response from yourself. Uh, but like once right you now. actually connect the fact that like our Lord um, has people from Africa in his family tree and all the rest are from what we today refer to as the Middle East, we find that um, uh, us white fellas, we don't show up until like Pentecost at best with the exception of like maybe like Pilate. You know what I mean? Then it's like, oh, this is a different story well, than the one I've been told. Look. I said I said it like this on Sunday. I don't know who posted this because you know people post things and and but it, I, I shared it on my page. Uh, it says something like, um, "There are no white people in the Bible." Yeah. Take as long as you need to to process that thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so yeah, you know I had all kind of reactions. Some people were like, "Man, only you would post this on a Sunday morning on the way to church." But uh, but yeah, I mean it, it is indeed the case that. You know, this is not to say that, you know, Europeans are not made in the image of God. Their humanity is not just as precious as everyone else's. But it is to say that um, the 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 over-association right. of European influence and ideas with the biblical text um, is a part of white supremacist type of, That's you right. know, um, co colonizing of knowledge and yes. authority. Yeah. And, and, and it, it does not even, you know, excuse... Uh, in my mind, or erase the impact of how scripture is used in this current moment. I mean, it is That's a challenge. Right. It is a problem. It is something to be critiqued. But right. at the earliest of the earliest moments in scripture, like the folk God chose to reveal God's self to were people from a continent called Africa. Mm. The, the cradle of the text is in this part of the world. And mm -hmm. so, right. you know, the, the, my question to European people is, Number one, why don't you know that? And number yep. two, now that you do know that, why don't you what? say that? And yeah, the right. fact that, you know, you know, they still won't say it, acknowledge it, try to teach their own people that when they're doing Bible studies, these deep Bible studies they do in their evangelical church, and they're so worried about inerrancy, so worried about all these nice I words, but you can't give folk a geographical lesson about where, where this Dang. whole thing took place. That's right. I mean, it's, it's in those maps in the back. Turn to the back. It's in those maps. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, look, just look at the map, right? I mean, I don't mean to hijack this too much, but when I went to Palestine and I hung out with the Dream Defenders, they took yeah. us on the Palestinian routes, right? Yeah. And our yeah. tour guide was an Afro-Palestinian whose mom was Muslim and dad was Christian. And he showed us a picture of, of Jerusalem, and he said on his picture that this is the real map, and it has Jerusalem as the tip of Africa. And he uh, was saying, you know, people say that we're the Middle East or we're, you know, this is Africa. Like, where you're standing right now, up until, like, 50 years ago, we all, we all just consider ourselves Africa, you know? Uh, so again, it just to me, it's, it's a very pernicious thing, you know, um, when when folks try to erase the 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 sacredness of of, of space and yes. and and particularity, um, not as a way to create hierarchy, but just as a way to to affirm and to reinforce the imago dei of dark-skinned peoples of the earth Amen. in a time when our humanity is too easily and often erased uh, to lift up, you know, whiteness.
and the construction yeah, right. of uh, white people as some divine uh, uh, thing to be worshipped and, and celebrated. I think all of us uh, have equal value in the eyes of God, and it is important uh, to reinforce that, but also to amplify the truth. And the truth is, you know, Jesus was a black man, touch your neighbor. Oh, that meant his mama was black, touch your yeah, neighbor. That meant his brothers had to be black. Yeah. Amen. That means that, you know, when he, when he, when he fled to uh, Egypt, he wasn't That's sticking right. out like a sore thumb. He That's was right. leaning on it. That means that was black, you know, right. so. I mean, what are we talking about? Yeah, right. There's a reason why they could hide in Egypt. Like it's yes, right. Walk around as the only white man in Egypt. You know, give me a break. Michael, sometimes the way I put it when I'm in the pulpit is, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love melanin-challenged people like me. It just means we're not the center of the story. That's right. Touch your name. That's a good way to put it. Absolutely. Yep. That's right. We. Oh, this is already fire, but we'd love you to have permission to just walk around in Joel 2 some and speak to, to this moment, um, uh, what we're living through. Um, uh, we're, we're so thankful for your leadership in uh, the Black Lives Matter um, movement in, in your part of, of the world and the way that you're supporting and uh, mentoring uh, young activists who are coming up in this moment. So we just want to, the, the doors of the church are open. You, you do as you please with this text. Um, <laughs> walk us around and, and, and let's connect the dots between uh, um, the, the fire that's falling here and the fires that we find on our street in this moment in history. No, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm one of these people who, who uh, believe that when the scripture talks about in the last day, God will pour out God's spirit on all flesh, that we got to take all flesh much more seriously than we ever have before. Yeah. Um, you know, we have indeed witnessed in a moment um, that, you know, this is a Pentecostal moment, you mm -hmm. know, like the day of Pen Pentecost, you know, in the liturgical calendar of the church was, what, 10 days ago, maybe? Mm -hmm. And uh, the passage of scripture that I preached from was Numbers, uh, where where uh, Edad and Medad were prophesying in the camp and they wouldn't stop, you know, and Joshua was like, Moses, ain't you going to tell them to stop? And Moses said, I wish that all God's people would be prophets, you know, and, 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 and then, you know, you, you couple that up with Joel too, all flesh. And then, you know, literally that day after church, we had one of the biggest marches in Berkeley. They had one of the biggest marches in LA, one of the biggest marches in Minneapolis. And God is just people coming out of their homes, of course, because of the COVID. I'm sure everybody had a little bit of the cabin fever. But when they came out of the homes, they were spreading the good news, like on the day of Pentecost, proclaiming the good news of liberation in all kinds of languages, dialects, proclaiming the freedom and the need for freedom from state violence. Yeah. And the yeah. scripture says, in the last days, God will pour out God's spirit on all flesh. I feel like we're seeing an all flesh moment. And, That's right. and, and it's not distinguishing between are you in the church or are you not? Are you Buddhist? Are you Christian? Are you Muslim? Are you gay? Are you straight? Are you black? Are you white? Are you free? Are you bound? Mm -hmm. It's like the streets are like, if you go out to these protests, one of my friends, he said, it's funny, he said, when we first started the protest for George Floyd, it looked like Rocky Road, you know, a lot of black with a couple of white chunks. Now it's like 30, <laughs> he said, now it's like 31 flavors. It's like, you know, everybody's out there. And I, so I just think that this is a Pentecostal moment if we ever seen one. That's right. Um, I love that the text focuses on, uh, on uh, all flesh, your sons and your daughters. So it speaks to the sexism that is still 
at work that the spirit right. is not bound by. It speaks to the young and old, which mm. is ageism, right? Yeah. Spirit's not bound by your age, your youth, or your or your elder uh, status. It speaks to handmaidens and servants, which is a social analysis, a class analysis, speaking to your That's social right. location. Yeah. It speaks to uh, the 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 uh, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. I have to say that means all the groups that didn't make it in that short list Joe was talking about that you don't like, everyone is encapsulated in that. That God yeah. is literally pouring out God's spirit on everyone. And may we as the church have the eyes and the ears and the senses of God's movement in this moment and not restrict mm. what we are seeing and what we are experiencing and try to domesticate yeah. it and be the ones to throw a wet blanket over it and, yeah. and, and try to, you know, lay claim to something that is obviously not our doing. I mean, yeah, this yeah. is God's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. And may we be agents of this kind of moment, because it is a moment, just like the day of a Pentecost didn't last in perpetuity and Azusa Street didn't last in perpetuity. Yeah. Like, this is a moment, and pray, pray, pray that we get as much freedom as we can, not just for folks here in this country but may it be for folks all over the world who are in amen. need of it amen, amen. Yeah. and and that's happening like um uh i was sending drew photos that we had tens of thousands of people out on the streets in, in australia um uh, drawing mm. the connections between black lives matter in the u.s and how black lives must matter here the rates yeah. of um, deaths in incarceration here in australia the the rates of um uh, uh, deaths in custody, um, uh, incarceration, uh, or what Aboriginal people who in Australia, um, uh, uh, they refer to themselves and are referred to as black and drawing the dots between um, these struggles and that it's, we, we don't have to choose uh, but between our compassion, but um, allow that to in envelop uh, all people everywhere. That's part of the all flesh bit, right? That we start yeah. to feel um, this sense of deep empathy that, um, everybody is in on this yeah and 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 honestly you know um my fear if there is one is that you know when everybody gets in on a thing it, it can get watered down real quick you mm. know um if we don't do the work to ensure that the sharpness of of the pain that drove folks to the street don't turn into some kind of a party that that leaves mm -hmm. the 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 truth of what we're here for. I mean, it it was because of the early disciples and the early converts' passion and zeal mm -hmm. for the encounter of the Holy Spirit that led them to get persecuted, which then forced the empire to respond to them with more persecution. Yeah. And so, even right now, you know, just from political organizing you know, frame, I'm just hoping that, you know, all of us who are in the streets, the 31 flavors, um, that, you know, whether they're aware of it being a spiritual moment or not, that we don't, we don't settle for, you know, a cheap grace, a cheap, yeah. you know, uh, a pill of, of, of compromise, but that we make sure that coming out of this, we can dismantle the police state, the culture of policing, yeah, right. the culture of violence, that is needed to preserve peace in this kind of setup of of, of a democratic republic. So, yeah, I, I I'm all in for it, and I'm I'm gonna do all I can prayerfully as folks are experiencing this in other countries. The context of your situation should very much determine the manner of how you you know pursue freedom 
Make your boundaries and your circles of belonging as wide as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Don't don't restrict it. Don't attempt to say it's mine and it's for us and no one else. Um, disciple people away from racism. Disciple them away yeah. from imperialism. Disciple them away from human hierarchy. And put yeah. within them a love for all flesh. Yeah, because man. it is that love that will set us free. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I feel like, I mean, it resonated what you were saying because here in Harrisburg, so I live in Harrisburg, it's 50% black city. Um, but it was interesting. And it black-led movement, but even in that context, people start watering down the message and uncomfortable with actually naming the elephant in the room. And so before you <laughs> right. know it, we're talking about something else other than right. police brutality right. and the police state and the inequalities and the systems of oppression that are perpetuating all these problems. And so um, we've got to get to a point where we're willing to both have solidarity broadly mm. and at the same time not let that domesticate um, what, why we came together in the first place. So I'm mm. curious for you, um, what, what, because some people have mentioned like, wow, so we've got these big crowds and obviously movements, they have their, their shelf life, right? In terms of how long mm. they will I'm curious what, what, what do you anticipate right now? Is this something that for some folks is just a fad or you think there's something deeper happening um, in terms of, especially I'm thinking about just the, the mainstream conversation that's happening right now? Yeah, I mean, we literally, I literally did a face-to-face -face meeting with the governor of California today and uh, about four or five of us sitting in a circle, social distancing, of course, you know, trying to impress upon him this moment, the opportunity he has as a leader who would claim to be quote unquote progressive. Um, what does it mean that you have hundreds of thousands of people in the streets and you still have certain parts of the political spectrum reaching for, you know, a milk toast response. Like if mm -hmm. you're ever going to go big, like right. go big now, let the this people the say to you, no, that's yeah. too much, you know, right. but don't right. you right. come out the gate, like already like trying to like hedge your yeah. bet and, and it's clear to me that we have political leaders, we have church leaders, unfortunately, who yeah. just don't have it in them. They are, they are bound by a limited imagination. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm one of these people that are trying to figure out, you know, how do we not get so consumed about what's going to happen next that we lose out on the opportunity about what is happening now? Wow. I don't know what's going to happen next. You know, I, I think that it can go either way. I think it can go uh, into a very liberatory direction or it could go in a very repressive direction. We have a authoritarian like, if not authoritarian political leader in Donald Trump, who, who has been lusting for power and, and, and more power. Uh, he has it, and he doesn't even know what to do with it. He can't manage it. He can't, you know, dole it out in ways that help people and heal people. He's a despot, and he wants more. And so the reality is, unless we're clear about how to be the, the, the exact opposite of that, not just a better version of Trump, right. then this thing could go badly in a heartbeat because it is true that we have white supremacists that have infiltrated law enforcement. Mm -hmm. It is true that we have white supremacists who are judges and who are lawyers. It is yeah. true that we have individuals who are perfectly okay with using violence to maintain a perverse social order. 
And so if Trump gets another four years, this thing could be terrible. It could be, yeah, I mean, I may have to move to, to, to Australia with you, brother. Or you're welcome I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not staying here for another four years under a Trump regime. And so I, I do believe that, you know, um, the history is not fixed. I'm sorry, the future is not fixed. Mm. Um, we yeah. have the opportunity to co-create with God a future that I believe is, 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 is uh, in line with freedom and liberation. And uh, I hope that, number one, we abolish the system of policing that has an unbroken uh, connection uh, across time to slave patrols, That's which right. were always about limiting and, 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 and chasing the public controls of black bodies. I That's hope right. that we put a hard period on that era and abolish that system. I yeah, hope man. we defund the police and reimagine public safety in ways that limit the, the, the budget allocation of, of public safety policing in a city. So it's not 40, 50, 60% of the general fund. Um, I, I hope that we reimagine uh, policing to have categories like guardians, uh, yeah. which are like a small number of armed individuals who in, in like firefighters, they rush in to help, you know, secure a, 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 a very, alarming situation. We have peacemakers, people who are civilian-led, trained, violence interrupters, and master conflict resolution yeah, people from the neighborhood. Yeah, I hope right. we have healers. We scale up a massive, you know, public health, uh, mental health uh, 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 brigade of loved ones who are showing up in the most mental health crisis situations and helping mm -hmm. people get themselves together. We got to remember 5% of the police arrests are violent crimes. Yeah. Only yeah. 5%. Yeah. So right. the 95% of these arrests deal with jaywalking, public right. intoxication, right. littering, right. you know, stuff that you don't need a cop to like, why are you paying someone $150,000 to do that with a gun when you right. can just hire, gun. you know? Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I, I'm praying that we, we push this whole thing as far as we can. And, yeah. uh, and we, we, we get, we get the kind of system that our people and our families and our loved ones everywhere deserve. That's right. Amen. Pastor Michael, I'm so aware that um, some people see this moment and are calling for things like diversity training instead of dismantling white supremacy. <laughs> like, uh, um, how, how do we keep um, the sharp edge of the pain of this moment um, also met with the sharp edge of demands um, and, and make sure that they are coming from the same places where people are hurting instead of those who have no proximity to the pain who want to legislate from afar, from a safe distance in comfort and talk about um, little reforms instead of... Because um, I, I hear you calling for revolution and I don't mean that in the sense of, you know, the revolution in shaving or a, a, a revolution in skincare or the kind of ways that it gets used all the time in, in the um, uh, mass co commercialization. But um, what is it for us to actually have imaginations and hold imaginations open in this moment instead of them closing in and us just going for reformist demands? How, how, do, we, how do we keep our hearts, our imaginations open in this moment? Yeah, that's so important, man. I preached all on that on Sunday. I mean, you know, Shirley Chisholm called it a bloodless revolution, right? So, mm. you know, we got to use language and words that really speak to what we want. Bloodless means yeah. we're not trying to hurt nobody physically, but revolution means we're trying to tear up some stuff, right? Yeah. Right. And the stuff right. we're trying to tear up is white supremacy, it's human hierarchy, it's whiteness, yeah. 
It is this yeah. idea that, you know, before, uh, you know, the creation of this country, there was no such thing as white people. God did right. not create yep. white people white. Yep. You know, right. they're English, they're Polish, they're yep. British, they're they're uh, 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 Italian. Mm -hmm. They 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 Nor Norwish is that said Norwegian, uh -huh. <laughs> Danish. I don't know. And so yeah. I tell white folks when I used to talk to white folks a lot more because I don't talk to white folks like that right now in America. I tell them you full of the devil. You need to repent. And you, when you do that, you come and talk to me. But I, I can't do all this work for you because there are books out there that say how yeah. the Irish became white, how the Italians right. became yeah. white, that's, that's how right. Jews became white. There's books. Yeah. You can go read it. I read it. I mean, yep. I was first time I read it, I was stunned, and I and I started telling white people, God didn't create you white. Oh man, you see they face. What are you talking about? I feel like you're attacking me. I was like, how am I attacking you? And I'm telling you, God created you English and Irish and Polish, and you got lands with with that kind of culture seeped in the soil. You over here clinging to the American flag that was not even your heritage. That's right, right. right. That's and right. so, I think we got to help white folks to fall back in love with their culture, not the nationalistic impulses of the empire. I think that we then turn the tables, right? I say, let's make very clear demands about what is the kind of stilts that hold white supremacy up. In the policing space, in the 300 years that we've had this particular form of policing and criminal justice, uh, we have never made a public commitment that if you are a racist, you cannot be a cop. Mm. Right. We've not, and I, I asked the governor today, he used to be the mayor of San Francisco. He was sitting there, he was go, I, going back in his mind, like, yeah, I guess I've never, I've never said that, you know? And I'm like, so how are we talking about police brutality against black people? We've not even come to a consensus in this country that if you are a racist, yeah. you cannot be a cop. Well, right. how, how, how do you know if you're a racist? If on the weekends you're hanging out with the neo-Nazis, the alt-right, yeah. uh, the Proud Boys, the, 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 the KKK, other white supremacist groups, if we scrub your social media page, yeah, if we look at there. your text messages, your emails, if we look at your, uh, your, your voicemails, your locker, we look at the tattoos on your body, and you've got white supremacist tattoos and, 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 and crosses, and man, you're done. You're not, yeah. You can't be a cop. Just that alone would uh, defund the police in a whole lot of places. I'm telling yeah, you right now, because yeah. a lot of these jokers, they are white supremacists in plain unabashed. sight. I think unabashed. The, right, unabashed, right? And so yeah. to your point, I think the way we make sure this stuff does not lose its edge is we make very clear demands. I want to have a public debate with a mayor, with a police chief, with a you police union president with a sheriff that is uncomfortable making a public statement that if you are a racist, you cannot be a cop. I want to talk to them on the camera and say, you mean to tell me that you're comfortable with someone who hangs out with the KKK on the weekends to come into your police department on a Monday, put on a uniform, put a gun on his hip and come into the black community, the brown community, Muslim communities talking about he represents the Constitution of the United States. Come on and talk to me, doctor. Say mm. that on the screen. Let's have that conversation. I mm. think we got to go hard like that in the paint. Don't let these folk off the hook. It is indeed up to us to keep the pressure on. And uh, I'm excited to be able to, you know, do my part to help make that happen. Oh, man. That's phenomenal. Mm. That's a phenomenal.
what what this moment with George Floyd has done is is it's meant that people like um, David uh, Dungy, who uh, you might not have heard of, most Australians hadn't heard of, but he literally died in police custody saying the same words as George, mm. George Floyd two years ago. I can't breathe. Mm. This Aboriginal man on the east coast of Australia, uh, literally the, the same words um, uh, th that we found uh, from George Floyd, who was accused, um, but, you know, it, it, there's no substance around like a fake $20 note um, or... Um, uh, you know, s selling cassettes in, in New York. Like th these are the kind of, you know, crimes that people are dying for, literally, or misdo here in Western Australia, who we've been campaigning around. Um, she had parking tickets and, and they imprisoned her for not paying parking tickets. And she died because she was not given police care while in custody. And, and, and this is a reoccurring thing and that the nature of white supremacy worldwide means that some lives matter and some lives don't and the incredible gift that america has given to the world at this moment and i listen to people going oh isn't it terrible what's happening and i'm like what are you talking about it's terrible what always <laughs> happens what, what's happening now like uh, you know corner west um the other night saying i thank god that people are on the streets can, can you imagine yeah. if there were just a few people with a few signs uh, th this is this is the moment. I'm also aware that um, those who are late to the party can be most problematic. Um, Pastor Michael, for, for those of us who are melanin challenged like me, um, who might have not have done the work, and this hasn't been uh, 20 years um, of their life, but has been the last two minutes, what kind of cautions um, would you put in place pastorally uh, for those who come in with a lot of zeal and energy but have yet to start doing the work? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great question. And, I, you know, I, I'm not one of these people who's always trying to um, help white folks figure that stuff out. You know, mm -hmm. I think that pastorally, just have empathy, have compassion, be yeah. curious. Yeah. Um, take seriously that, you know, white supremacy is literally mm -hmm. robbing white people of their own humanity. Oh, I mean, again, if God didn't create you white, why are you reaching for whiteness? That's right. You know? If, if if God didn't create you white, why are you so, when, when you hear the attack on the system, why do you take it so personally, you know? Yeah, that's right. When you hear that's us everything. critique America, you know, why is white, why are white people so like, oh my goodness, why are you talking about me? We ain't said your name. Like, what are you talking about? Ain't nobody talking about you. We talking about this wicked <laughs> system that has literally crept all across the world. You know, the United States is the contemporary Roman empire. We have military outposts right. in every single country on this planet. China does not spend one dime on foreign military. All of their money is spent internally to their own country. I mean, think about the ways in which, you know, white folk, whiteness through the military complex of the United States uh, has tried to literally colonize or own mm -hmm. the whole world. I can drive 45 minutes from where I am and hit a U.S. military base. This is how it, the first time I was first time I was ever arrested um, was on a, a U.S. military base here in Australia. Uh, the first time I was um, uh, ever held up uh, by a, a military police with an M16, it, he went to Calvary Chapel 
in California. We were just talking about this a couple of weeks ago. On the, um, uh, th this, this is the reach of the US empire that has forgotten that it was supposed to be a republic. And, th and this, this, is, this is to me the, the why I, white folk got to repent, right? That's right. Because how is it that you can be at Calvary Chapel, which is a Pentecostal mm -hmm. church, you want to talk about the Holy Spirit, like that came out of classical Pentecostalism, the yep. Calvary Chapel movement, right? And, and so how is you can be a member of that kind of a church, hear the word of God preached to you, and then go to another part of the world with an M16 in your hand to do harm to someone that you don't even know? Yeah, I mean, like, right. that is not, you know, the earliest Pentecostals were pacifists. That's right. Uh, my my That's Pentecostal right. tradition, the scripture we, right. we were taught, Follow peace with everyone and holiness, without which no one shall see the Lord. Uh, Richard, uh, 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 Bishop uh, 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 Mason, Charles Mason, mm -hmm. was a pacifist. It is written into the Kojic uh, yeah. bylaws. They were That's conscientious right. objectors along with That's the Quakers. Right. They got investigated by the American government as socialists and infiltrators because they would not serve in the world wars. This is the legacy of my tradition, right? Amen. Now, you know, right. when I tell people that, they look at me like, man, you crazy. I don't even, that ain't no Pentecostal. I'd be like, man, you don't even know what it means to be no, Pentecostal, right? That's right. Because That's right. we have collapsed our tradition with the imperialistic nature of this empire. So I would just say to white people, reject whiteness. That's your first step. Yeah. And rejecting whiteness means that you probably have to leave the church you're in, mm. right? Yeah. And you probably need to go join a church with uh, at least a, 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 a black person, a Latino person, uh, a woman as the pastor. You need yeah. to go somewhere where it's not a white male talking to you every day, because I guarantee you most of these white preachers in America ain't serious about nothing. But but, you know, maintaining the status quo, they they That's love right. the way the country is ordered. They're not trying yeah. to turn that thing upside down, yeah. you know, it's working um, well so so that. Yeah, so I, I I would say, you know, white folks, when you come out into the protest and you get baptized, mm, you, you get on. a taste of that fire, mm. you know, don't go back to that evangelical church where they're going to try to try to tell you that what you experienced there was some wine, you drunk with wine, like they told them on the oh. day of Pentecost. What's that new wine? What's that wine you drinking? Oh. You ought to tell them, you ought to tell them, this ain't the wine, it's too early in the morning for some That's wine. That's right. I done got touched by some fire. Come and on, right. fire is shut up in my bones, you know? Mm. And so, yeah, you know, I, that's what I would say. Read some books that ain't written by white folks. Go get yes, Shaniqua Walker-Barnes book, Christina Cleveland. Yes. She's, you know, you get her book, you're going you gonna to find out God is a woman and be all messed up, right? Or go get uh, <laughs> Drew Hart's book. Or go right. go, go get uh, Dietrich, Black Dietrich Hahn. What's, what's, what's my brother's name? Uh, that wrote Black Dietrich. Uh, go, yeah, go get these people's books and read some black and brown authors, some women authors who have followed Jesus um, just as long, if not as long as you, and, and learn the gospel from a different voice. It okay. won't be that hard because the spirit in you will resonate with the spirit in that text, in those okay. authors. And you'll find your conversion horizontally to be so powerful as you attempt to shake off the chains of white supremacy and whiteness that has, you know, got a lot of white folks bound in this country. And dare I say black folks. And Latino yeah. folks, you know, yes, white right. folks get the only that's folks right. reaching for whiteness. There's a lot of that's people right. of color, black folks reaching for right. whiteness. So all of us got to right. get set free. That's right. Yeah, as Jesse, um, as Willie Jenkins 
um, says Jennings, a- Jennings. A- Jennings. Sorry, I did that the other day as well. <laughs> the Christian imagination, his new commentary on Acts, Willie Jennings, um, as he says, uh, anybody can be white, friends. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Ain't that the truth? Look, yeah. including Willie Jennings, touch your name. Well, we don't, I'm not <laughs> No, Dr. Jennings, good for you. <laughs> no, this being being white ain't because God didn't create nobody white. That's right. So it's, it's and and social, Michael, I'm not sure if you remember, but when we were together in Chicago, I got in trouble at the Justice Conference because uh, I stood up and made everybody stand in solidarity with Black Communities Matter banner. Um, uh, and we, uh, Cornell West held it at one end and at the stage, um, everybody turned around, we got a photographer and people complained and they said, uh, we felt we were coerced into solidarity. And I'm like, whatever it takes, you know what I mean? Like if, if people feel like they were... Wait a minute, I missed that. They thought you, who was coerced into solidarity? Because we a photographer on stage with a Black Communities Matter um, banner and uh, had everybody in the crowd at the Justice Conference stand with it. Um, they had complaints that people felt they were coerced into solidarity. Aww. And uh, I don't Man. know if you remember, but what, what I said from the stage, which um, Cornel West um, quoted again later on, is white people, we have nothing to lose and everything to be liberated from in confessing white supremacy. What we get back mm. is our own traditions and what we win is the rest of humanity and our own in the process. We actually mm. get to become human. Yeah. No, that's rich, man. And I, look, if, if white evangelicals ain't upset with you or uncomfortable by what you're asking that's them right. to do, we ain't asking them to do nothing. That's Shoot, right. You know, that's I, tell, I tell some of them, man, you need to be uncomfortable. And, right. and so if, if at the end of my message, you, you want to invite me back. That means I didn't go hard enough on you. I want That's you right. to treat me like, like they treated Stephen. After Stephen got done preaching, the scripture says they, <laughs> they, run they, the door. they, was, they was covering it. The, <laughs> they couldn't take it, man. That's what I want. I want you to be like, who is this guy? Why you got him up here telling me that I'm on my way to hell and full of the devil? You know, I, I, that's, that, so I salute you, brother. I hope you wear that as a badge. Maybe that's why the Justice Conference never really came back, huh? You you blew the thing up, huh? By making them say Black Lives Matter. <laughs> what we need, Michael, is um, a Justice Conference in South Africa is a totally different thing. You would love it. You, like, it's amazing. Oh, I love to come, man. Yeah. Yeah, like, tell me um, when. I love South Africa. Uh, what part of South Africa? Is it Joburg or... No, or, no, they, they hold uh, it down in, on the Mitchell Plains in Cape Town, uh, which is a predominantly uh, coloured neighbourhood. And, um, I mean, they had Alan Bosak there. They had, um, uh, I mean, the, our you friend tell me when, bro. has done it before. I, um, I'll come, I'll come. Why, why you ain't invite me? I love Cape Town, man. I go there to, I'll go there to relax. Well, look, if COVID ever gets over, we can get back on the plane. I'll come That's out right. there. I'll gladly come and we'll rock. That'd be amazing. Well, I, I'll talk to Renee August and uh, I'll talk to our friends at the, the warehouse. Um, uh, that would be, that would be phenomenal for them to have you there. I think well, I really, really appreciate yeah. it. And I think you would feel, um, so just to say the justice conference in Asia, the justice conference in South Africa, um, there's some diversity there. So let's not let America have the default <laughs> uh, definition for, for anything, frankly, but including the justice <laughs> conference, because there's, there's some real diversity there. They're, they're trying to do something different. Yeah. Well, thanks be to God. It's good to hear. Oh man. Yeah. Michael, well, this Michael, has been this, wonderful. Yeah, it's been really good. It's been really good. I'm, I'm this, the, the dangerous subversive spirit. That's what I'm walking with right now. And that it yeah. can't be contained and controlled and it's fallen on all flesh. And I, yeah. and I think our audience is going to be blessed by that. It's going to be challenged by that. 
And I think people are seeing it. They're witnessing it with their own eyes, right? That that's yeah. what's happening yes. right now. Yeah. And so it's yeah. exciting and people don't have to be chatting. Maybe precisely at the moment in which we're not supposed to be locked inside the core walls that this movements, right? I'm thinking of uh, Karen Baker Fletcher's work on the spirit mm. at work in the world, right? Mm -hmm. um, Come on, guys. Moving folks, um, courageous action, speaking truth, right? Um, I just think that that's the moment that we're seeing right now. And so, um, yeah, this is just so timely. Uh, I know that this is gonna be a blessing for so many folks. So thank you for sharing that, yeah. Well, thank, thank y'all for the invitation and real talk. Y'all stay strong to all your listeners. You know, step out there into the deep part of this pool. You know, like there's yeah, there's yeah. there's healing in that deep part of the pool. There's joy oh, and there's peace and there's hope. Mm. So get get wet. You know, get get wet and 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 get in some as John Lewis says, some good trouble right about that's now. That's right. Good uh, trouble. Because good uh, trouble. it is that good trouble that's going to redeem the world. So God bless y'all both and thank y'all for having me. And uh, let's 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 stay connected. The Inverse Podcast is proudly supported by you, the listener. And if you want to join the revolutionaries who are helping us have conversations about how this ancient text can still turn the world upside down, why don't you head over to patreon.com slash inverse.